0: Welcome to the Unstoppable Entrepreneur Show, 20 minutes or less of power-packed strategy to disrupt your thinking, elevate your mindset, and help you scale your sales online. I'm Kelly Roach. Let's get started. All right. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Unstoppable Entrepreneur Show. Thank you so much for being here. I have an amazing guest for you guys today. Ken Coleman is with me. He's the number one best-selling author and nationally syndicated radio host that helps individuals to find, discover, uh, live what they were born to do, and then helps them take practical steps to make it a reality. So Ken, welcome to the show. So excited to have you here.
1: Thanks for having me, Kelly. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I think this is a great opportunity to spend a couple of minutes um, really talking about, you know, obviously we've, we've just experienced this major disruption, right? There, you know, that, that has kind of rocked the world. And many people, you know, were not prepared and, and are kind of working through a lot right now. And I think sometimes, uh, many times, when disruption comes, it really opens up so much opportunity, it makes you question everything right yep. and you know with you having this specialization and helping people to really find their purpose and then and then put practical steps in place uh, to pursue it, I, I would love to hear your perspective on this opportunity that's been created with this disruption and, and maybe give people like some insights on how to think about that.
1: Well I think there's there's a couple things that come to mind you know the disruption is good for those people who, Uh, were not really happy in their work in the first place. We know that in February, you had this really strange dichotomy. And at the end of February, we had 3.5% unemployment, uh, the lowest unemployment rate in the modern history of our country. And then you also had 70% of Americans not happy in their work. And there's one of two reasons why that's the case. Usually it is because they're not connected to the work. There's no passion. They're good Mm -hmm. at their job, but they don't love it. The second major reason that 70% of Americans were unhappy is what I would say is an unhealthy environment, toxicity. Toxic team members, toxic leader. They don't feel appreciated, they don't feel noticed. And we know from research that people leave companies, not excuse me, they leave leaders, not companies. So that's the snapshot of where we were. And so when this disruption comes in, For those people who already weren't happy and they either get laid off or furloughed, it really is a great time for them to to face the reality that I wasn't happy in the first place and it's a wake-up call. Do I want to go back to that uh, if I get called back on a furlough? Or now that I've been laid off, what is it that I really want to do? Or what have I been longing for that I didn't have in the workplace? And so that disruption is really, really good. The other thing that this this disruption is good for is those people who were on purpose and maybe they were working the day job while pursuing the dream job, meaning you know, a lot of your audience obviously are entrepreneurs, so they've got that side hustle uh, or maybe they were full-time in their entrepreneurial venture. And this disruption has really caused them to scramble and only focus on what they can control. And again, here's a negative. The, both cases, the disruption is forcing us to truly focus on what we can control and it changes the way that we think. And that's a good exercise because disruption is not a new thing. Yes, we've never had COVID-19. We've never seen this type of health and economic pandemic come together for the perfect storm, but disruption to leaders and disruption to the marketplace is not a new thing. And so in the end, when we come through it, I think you're gonna see better businesses and better leaders. So that's what I'm seeing as, as this disruption and what it's causing. Yes, it's negative. There's no getting around it. But it is the failures of life, the setbacks of life, the pain of life uh, that allows us to get stronger.
0: It's so true. And then it's, it's usually when we don't get our way that we learn the most. And that helps us, you know, break out of that um, just uncomfortable enough position in life where you know it's like it's it's just uncomfortable enough that we can push it aside right and now it's kind of like it's become front and center so what I would love to to open up um, even more about here with with your expertise, which is so powerful p- for people is you know is there any type of um, maybe a valuation tool that you walk people through or mindset shift just around really taking stock of like where they are, you know, because even business owners, right? We're talking to business owners and entrepreneurs. There are many people that get started in business that have one vision for why they're doing what they're doing and what they want out of it and they get lost, right? And they, they, they start doing what they think they have to do or what other people have told them they need to do. And then the business looks nothing like what they want it to. And then they're not even connected to why they're doing what they're doing anymore. So it's not just people in jobs that aren't necessarily totally in alignment here. I think it can happen to anyone, even with, you know, the best of intentions, the hardest workers, you know?
1: Yes. Well, there's three clarifying questions that I would give to leaders and entrepreneurs right now so that you can take a full assessment of where you are as a leader, and then make the proper changes. So let's talk about the three clarifying questions. The first is, what do I do best? What do I do best as a leader or as an entrepreneur? What hard skills and soft skills do I bring to the table? We're talking about the best of the best. We're not talking about the things that you're a five or six at. We're talking about eights and nines and tens. And so you really need to do an inventory. What do I do best, my hard skills and soft skills? And then you make a list of the things that you're not good at. What am I awful at, quite frankly? I mean, these are the things in the marketplace or in my company that, you know what, I, I do these things, but I'm not really good at it. It's about five or six people yeah. better than I am. And so that's a really good contrast there. What do I do best? And what do I not do very well? Um, and then as you're doing that, you're, you're also kind of taking a quick glance at your normal day, a normal week, a normal month. And you can take a pretty quick assessment of how much time you're spending doing the things that you're good at versus the things that you're not good at. Then it goes to question two, and that is, what do I love to do most? What do I love to do most? What are the tasks, the functions, the roles in the office, in the business, that just absolutely fire you up when you think about them and then when you are in the middle of them? I call this high emotion. And then we're looking at the task, the functions, the roles that create high devotion, high emotion, high devotion. And devotion is simply defined as I spend a lot of time on this. This is what I want to spend time on. I spend a lot of time on it. When I'm in the middle of it, time disappears. So that is the second question. And then the converse to that question, the examiner is, okay, what do I spend time doing that sucks the life out of me? I've got the juice on the things I love to do. But this, when I'm engaged in this type of a task or playing this role, it really sucks the life out of me. Then the third clarifying question is, what results matter most to me? Because when we work, and and you understand this as well as anybody, Kelly, work always produces some type of a result. So what what are the results that you as the leader or in your entrepreneurial role, you get fired up about seeing these results happen? And then the converse question there is, well, what are the results that, quite frankly, I just don't care about? I just don't Mm -hmm. care. And so that is an exercise that if you can do it uh, on paper or on a computer and get it out of your head and see the results, it becomes really clarifying. And then it's almost like you need to take that list with you into the office. I really recommend this exercise and almost take inventory as you're going throughout your day. And what you're going to find is tremendous clarity on what you should be doing and what you should not be doing, what you're really good at and what you're not very good at and what gives you great joy and what doesn't. And now you have to say, okay, what needs to change? What needs to change? Because, because Kelly, I can tell you this, and you know this, when the leader does this exercise and gets clear, they're the last ones to know. He mm-hmm. mm-hmm. knows all this if right you right even say hey i did some self-assessment which i recommend by the way uh and you tell them what you found they're going to be biting their lip as to not act you know like yeah we could have told you that if you would have asked you know they're going to be polite and respectful but boy you're going to gain a tremendous amount of trust by being vulnerable and transparent with them and so that's what you have to do you have to own it with yourself and say i'm the reason that there's a lid on the organization. This assessment has helped me see where I need to change, and now I must make the change. And so then you go and you fix it with your team, and you better find somebody to step into those areas where you know, you have the deficiencies, and those are the things you're not good at or not the best at, we can even say that, and then the things that you don't enjoy doing and the results that just don't give you the juice. And when you begin mm-hmm. to do that, let me tell you what's going to happen. In times of crisis, it's really gonna help you, but even in times of stability, you are going to be a very clear leader with no blind spots.
0: Yeah, that's so, so good. And what I love too, about everything that you just shared there is, you're, you're empowering everyone to empower themselves and to realize that you have a lot of more flexibility and freedom within the situation that you're already in than you're probably recognizing or taking advantage of. Sometimes someone could sit here and say, I, I hate my business. I'm burnout. I'm exhausted. I just don't want to do it anymore. I, I fell out of love with it. And it's not the business. It's that they're spending all their time in the business on the things that frustrate them, drain them, exhaust them are not in alignment with their zone of genius. So if they use a team effectively to do the things that they're not good at and realign themselves with the reason why they got in the business doing the things that are in alignment with exactly what you just walked them through, this, you know, assessment of like where where do they belong, right? In the business, you could go from being in a state of being ready to, to throw in a towel to being excited and, and motivated and passionate again, practically overnight with some of these changes.
1: Yeah, it's instant. You know, I've actually been on phone calls with callers on my show. In fact, one that sticks out to me, that's really a great example of what you just described was a dentist. And he started off the phone call and we've got a successful dentist. I don't get a lot of these calls. And right. said, <laughs>
0: yeah. I've
1: been this for 20 years and I'm miserable. I don't even want to go in anymore. And it's a very successful, it's very profitable, but I don't even wanna go in anymore. But here's the problem, I'm, I'm in my 50s, and I have no idea what in the world I would do. And it just seemed odd to me. And so knowing what I know and you know about what we just discussed, I started digging in and come to find out uh, you know, that he was involved with a lot of facets of the business that he didn't enjoy because he was the founder, he's the owner, he's the dentist. And what it came down to was if he could just clean teeth and deal with patients, and do the crowns and the molars or whatever it is they do uh he could just be a dentist uh he said i I would absolutely never stop working and so i said Mm -hmm. "Well, brother you just need a good office manager and a good staff to take care of all that other stuff and you wouldn't believe i mean this is like a five-minute phone call and you the guy sounded like eeyore when he started the call he sounded like tigger when we hung up
0: hi Love that. And, and the thing is, is I think we have to remember not to project our weaknesses or our likes or dislikes onto other people. Because I think the mindset of that Dennis, and I think we all take this mindset on sometimes and we have to remind ourselves is just because a task frustrates us and we don't like to do it, or it drains our energy, or it feels out of alignment for us, there's another person that loves loves to do that very thing that makes you absolutely miserable. But it's our assumption or our projection that just because we don't like it, you know, someone else won't like, oh, no one will want to do that. It's horrible to do. No, no, no. There's someone else that doesn't want to sit there and clean teeth all day. They would love to sit in your office and organize the files and document. And that, that's a term, they, they love to be organized. They love to feel in that sense of control and setting up systems. And I think remembering not to project those things that you feel onto other people and assume that there isn't someone that's like, I always like to say like you're equal opposite, you know,
1: well, there's other there's one other thing to point out too i think you're you're making a very good point but it's not just knowledge and being aware that there's other people that'll do what you don't want to do it's also understanding the limitations that you're putting on yourself as a leader that it's not allowing you to even delegate or recognize anybody else can do it and i think it's fear, doubt, and pride and those that's, not, it's, that's so
0: powerful what you just said there
1: yes You've got leaders that are afraid of failing because it's their business, it's his dentist practice, it's his name on the door, and he doesn't want to fail. So therefore, that's affecting how he looks at the lens of his business, primarily through fear, and though he and so he won't trust anybody else to do it, you know, or he doubts that he's got anybody that's competent enough or cares enough to handle this part of the business, uh, or he's got some pride, and he doesn't want to admit that he's not good at it, and and that there's somebody better than him, or that he needs help. So that's a quick you know, analysis there that as a leader, you need to be asking yourself, how is fear or doubt or pride or all three keeping you as the lid on the organization? And I, I will tell you that almost always it's one of those enemies, if not all three, that keep leaders in an area um, that uh, they shouldn't be in and they're not operating in their sweet spot. And they're just, they got blind spots all over the place.
0: That's so good. That's so, so good what you just said. Uh, Are there any other traps that you come across pretty often where, you know, similar to what we just talked about, but maybe in a different realm, when you're looking at people that are like, you know, feeling like they're not so much in alignment with, you know, their ideal career or their ideal life or, you know, whatever it is that you're coaching them through on the show, you know, any other traps that you see us falling into a lot that you could share?
1: Yeah, the biggest trap that I see in society is the safe trap. You know, we, Mm. you know, somewhere in the 1950s, coming out of World War II, you know, we go from the Great Depression into this great industrial boom because of the war. And then we move into the 50s and 60s, we begin to see some economic prosperity, and all of a sudden higher education becomes a thing. And now it's like, oh, the privileged few that can afford higher education, they're gonna go get additional training from high school. And then you you see that really develop almost you know overnight to this is the rite of passage to true success is going to uh, college and university and and so now that 's become ingrained in the American psyche and, and i I think really in the Western world uh, as a whole and and so you 've got this mindset of parents, each generation of parents that come along. They're all stressed out about, am I going to have enough money to put junior through college or Sally through college? And they put this pressure on their kid, 16, 17. These are sophomores, juniors and seniors. And, 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 it's all this pressure of you got to pick a good school and then you got to pick a good major so you can get a good job and you can provide for the next generation of humans that we're going to recycle through this. And what's underneath all of that, Kelly, is this idea of, safe make the safe yeah. decision so you can get a safe job and have a safe career and and, it, and it's been safety has been made this god of right. smart right. if you make the safe decision and i gotta tell you the trap and i love how you asked the question that's the trap that i'm facing every day with my callers because they're calling me at 28 38 and 48 and saying i fell into this major because that's where my mom and dad went to school. I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I picked the communications major right. or it was the major that mom and dad had. And I fell into this job and I fell into this career and they're calling me and they're absolutely lost mm-hmm. And that trap. You can be smart, but safety is not as smart as everybody else tells you. It is um, safe will turn you into a spectator of life. And uh, you'll, end, you'll end up at the end of your journey looking back on your life full of regret. And I'm trying to help people um, not be safe, but be smart because they're on purpose. They're absolutely clear on who they were created to be and what role they were created to fill. And that person, realize they're not limited to one school, one major, one job, or even one career path. Um, and that's the person that gets to the end of their life and they reminisce. And that
0: amazing- is amazing. Ah, I love that so much. That's such a good note to end on. Um, well, first of all, this is this has been awesome. And I feel like it was so timely to have this conversation here and now because it's such a moment for reevaluation. It's such a moment, it, you know, it, in the darkness, there, there's always darkness and then there's light. And we're, we're moving from darkness to light and re-examining things can lead to immense growth, immense opportunity. And I think you gave people really good insights to evaluate today that can help them move forward. And I'm sure there's a lot of people listening that want more of what you just shared and, and of this conversation. So obviously tell them about your show. Let's talk about your books, where to follow you, all that good stuff.
1: Yeah, you know, for folks who want more, I'd really encourage them to get the book, The Proximity Principle. Uh, you can buy it on my website, kencolman.com, for cheaper than you can on Amazon right now. I think that's just for the month of May. But it really is the success principle. It's all about the right people in the right places, and we identify who those people are and what the places are, and then what do you do when you get there. And it's really for – it's really, it's not for just a career starter. It's for a career switcher or, in your case, your audience, the career advancer. But they want to follow me on social media or listen to the show, Uh, whether it be on YouTube, SiriusXM, syndicated radio or podcast. All of that is at KenColeman.com. Love
0: it. Love it. Thank you so much for being here, Ken. This was an awesome conversation. I really appreciate everything that you shared and we'll make sure we add all of your links and that information in the show notes as well.
1: Kelly, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Awesome. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to the Unstoppable Entrepreneur Show. We'll see you back here next week. To join the absolutely free live launch workshop where you will learn the simplest method on the planet to simplify your launches and scale your service-based business online, text live launch, all one word, to 44222. Text live launch to 44222. We'll see you on the inside.